turn with me to Exodus chapter 6, and uh, we're going to start in verse 28, and we're going to go through uh, Exodus chapter 7, verse 7 uh, today. It says here, on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will Pharaoh listen to me? And the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to go or excuse me, to let the people of Israel go out of his out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I am, I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will say, or then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. So the last two weeks, I have preached on topics that are essential to faith. Um, Two weeks ago, we spoke about how in life, good, bad, and ugly things happen. But God, uh, according to his will, works all things out for good. And uh, we can testify to that. We know that that is true because that has happened in our lives and God has been great to us. Um, Last week, we talked about how praying is not praying if faith is not present, Uh, because when we pray, we must trust that God will deliver on his promises. Now, today, today, I want to, uh, in a sense, place the cherry on top. You know, uh, you know, the saying you place the cherry on top because this is the treat. And I'd like to preach to you the implications of God's presence in your life uh, for eternity. Uh, The Bible tells us that we are not left alone, but that we have help. And God is our help. He is our portion in in our time of need. Now, our passage today, uh, the one we just read, it serves to reorientate, if you will, uh, us, its readers concerning what happens or what's happened so far in the story of Exodus. Uh, It communicates who the key characters are. It reminds us of who they are. It also reminds us of what will happen. In essence, it serves as a backdrop uh, to the plague story that is about to happen. So we are we are basically picking up where we left off in Exodus chapter six, verse 12. Um, our verse today is not a repeat of that verse that we read, but we are reminded of where we left off. And also, uh, this is in effect because the genealogy account has, has just taken place. And now we're being reminded of where we left off. Now, what this verse communicates to its readers is extremely important when it comes to our faith, but also when it comes to our confidence in uh, the Lord. Uh, this is something that we, we need to hear, and we need to hear it in order for uh, both our faith and our confidence to be strong in this life. 
when we last read about the nation of Israel in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, the Lord had told Moses to tell the people that he would bring them into the land that he had promised them. But we see that the people of Israel did not listen to Moses. Whatever message Moses had for them, they didn't want to hear it because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. Uh, they had been dealing with oppression for a very long time, uh, and, and they just couldn't take it anymore. They had been dealing it with so long that their spirit was broken, and uh, the slavery was just too much for them. Now today, we see Moses struggling uh, with the same broken spirit uh, that the people of Israel had. And in response to both of them, God, uh, the Lord, reassures them of his sovereign presence with them. And he makes it known that he will be with them until the end. And the amazing thing about it is that he does this through uh, his word to Moses. And that brings us to our sermon summary today. When we look at God's presence in us, um, the, the main thing that we rest upon, that we have confidence in, is his word. So the sermon summary is God's word gives us assurance and strength when we are doubtful and worrisome. Let me read that again. God's word gives us assurance and strength when we are doubtful and worrisome. You know, there are plenty of times that we need to be reminded that God is with us. We are told that, and it should be just ingrained in us that God is with us. Obviously, he has his spirit in us. Uh, we feel his presence. Um, although there are times when we feel like he is not there, the Bible says he is always there. But we find out that he is always there. We come to know that he is always there. And we can be confident that he is always there because his word points us to that fact. And we need that a lot of times. So Moses, he continues to struggle with doubt. We've seen this from the very beginning. Um, we see this from when he was first called by, by God on Mount Sinai. Uh, he has had doubts about himself, and he has had doubts about God's ability to save the people of Israel from the very beginning. Here are some examples. Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? That was his response when God says, you are going to be my instrument. You're going to be my vessel uh, to bring uh, Israel out of Egyptian oppression. And Moses says, who am I? Why me? I think that would have been a question that we all had. And I think I shared with, that, I shared with you two weeks ago, that's a question sometimes I have in the ministry that I am in. Why me? Who am I that I should be the one up here speaking? Uh, we also see in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my uh, voice, for they will say the Lord did not appear to you. This is again in response to God's call to Moses to go speak to the Israelites. Right away he says, No, don't send me. First of all, who am I to go? Second of all, they're not going to listen to me. I already know they're not going to listen to me. And then we see in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. 
told you, Moses is a positive guy, right? He's one of those guys that you tell him one time, he's going to do it. No, he's not. He, he's a lot like us. Trying to make excuse after excuse after excuse of why we don't want to do something that is difficult. And Moses, again, he tells the Lord, he's trying to convince the Lord that you got the wrong person. Have you ever tried to do that? Lord, you got the wrong person. and I'm not the right person for the job. Then we see in Exodus chapter 5, verses 22 to 23, uh, Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Now that was uh, a response for Moses once things got difficult. Remember, they got into Moses and Aaron went back, told Pharaoh for the very first time, let my people go. This is what God says. Let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I'm surely not going to let your people go. In fact, I'm going to make it harder on them. And in response to that, the Israelites went crazy, knee jerk reaction. They went to complain to Moses and then Moses right away went complain to God. And again, notice how he includes in there. Why did you ever send me? I told you I was going to mess things up. I could just feel that Moses is saying that I told you I would make a mess out of everything. Why did you ever send me? And then we have the example in Exodus chapter six, verses 28 through 30. Uh, On the day when Moses spoke or on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, the Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, I am an uncircumcised lips. How will Pharaoh listen to me? Again, Moses pointing to his own deficiencies, saying, I'm not capable of doing what you're asking me to do. I'm not qualified for this job. Why are you asking me to do this? We see Moses continue with this struggle, uh, and he continues to struggle with doubt from the very beginning. Now, there's something important that we have to point out that deals with Moses here. Here we have Moses. He's a man who has seen manifestations of God. Okay, that's very important. We have to recognize that he has also audibly spoken to God. He's heard the word of God uh, audibly. He has been given powerful miracles from God. Three huge things. And yet he continues to struggle with doubt and worry. You see, many times, I I know I've said it to myself before in the past, and I I know that you have at one time or another, many times we say and we think that if only God would show himself to us, right? If only God would give me a sign. If only I could actually hear God speaking to me to tell me to do something. If God could make it completely evident that I needed to do what I'm trying to do, then I would have no problem believing God. I would not struggle with doubt. I would not struggle with anything else. Unbelief, if only God could do that for me, and I'd be ready to go. No problems at all. Well, here we have an example of someone, again, who has seen manifestations of God who has who has audibly heard God and who has been given powerful miracles from God and yet there is struggle there's struggle with doubt now 
how can that be? Where can that come from? You see, Moses is proof that even if God were to do all these things that we ask of him, we would still struggle with doubt and worry. And the reason why is because it's not God's fault, it's, it's our fault. That's the reason why. You see, we doubt and we worry about things in our lives, not because a lack of belief in him. Because once we are Christians, we, that's how we become Christians. We place our faith in God. And we know that he exists and we, we know that he is our savior. It's not a lack of belief in him, but rather it is a lack of understanding who God is. That, that's what the issue is. See, Moses knew that God was real. He had spoken to him. He had seen manifestations of him. He had been, he had been given powerful miracles from God. He knew God was real. Just like many of you in here today, you know that God is real. You know that God exists. But the reason why you worry and the reason why you struggle with doubt is because you do not understand the true nature of God. And that was what Moses was dealing with. He did not understand who God was. You see, and that was something that Moses needed to be continually reminded of. And guess what? So do we. And that's why it's so important for us to go back to the word of God. Because many times whenever we face something that's beyond us, we begin to doubt ourselves, we begin to doubt God, and then we begin to look at what we have in front of us and we say there's no hope, there's no future, there's no way. We begin to get very negative about everything and then we're, we, ended up with, we end up with a broken spirit. And that's, it's, if you look at the Israelites, you look at Moses, that's exactly what is happening here. But, you see, we have a helper, we have the comforter who speaks to us. He speaks to us through the word of God. So in order for the comforter to speak to us and to comfort us, we need to run to the word of God. Because in the word of God, we are reminded about who God is. And that's why it's so important for us to be in the word of God. And we see here in verses one through five that the Lord reminds Moses of the promises he's made to him. Moses is in doubt. He's worrying again and God God brings his word to him. You see, in order to give Moses some assurance, the Lord tells him again. This is not the first time he tells him what he's going to do for him and also for the nation of Israel. I love what Psalms 33 says. Psalms 33, uh, verse 10, uh, verses 10 through 11. It says, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the people. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. It's amazing whenever you see God reveal his plans. To somebody, and I, I've really enjoyed that in my study in Exodus when I see God reveal a plan to Moses and how detailed it is and, and, and how awesome it is and all the things that he's going to do. And God can confidently display this plan, He can reveal this plan because He knows it's going to occur the way He has planned it, the way He has decreed it. 
And God gives this plan to Moses again and tells him, this is what I'm going to do. You don't have to worry and you do not have to doubt. In fact, he says here, he says to Moses, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. In fact, that's the power you're going to have over him. Not that Moses is a God. Notice the word like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. He is the spokesperson. You shall speak all that I command you and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of this land. Listen, verse three, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Very detailed plan. This is how I'm going to do it, Moses. I know you can't see it. I know you can't imagine it. I know you you don't know how things are going to happen. But listen, this is how it's going to go. I will harden Pharaoh's heart. And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. He's letting you know right now you're going to go tell Pharaoh he's not going to listen. It's not going to be easy. Don't expect to go to Pharaoh and say, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh's going to say, "Okay, we'll let them go. He's letting Moses know right now it's going to be difficult. Well, what about us? What did God say to us? He says, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say, hey, it's going to be easy. Don't worry about it. Put it on cruise control. You're never going to have any issues. If you're having issues, that means you're not serving me right. That's not biblical. It doesn't say that in the Bible. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And he's telling Moses here, Pharaoh will not listen. But it's not because of what you are doing wrong. But it's because of what I am doing in Pharaoh. He's not going to listen. Then he says, I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. That's the reason why I'm doing everything. So that, you know, the Egyptians know, the Israelites know. So everybody knows that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand against the against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them, they will know I am the Lord. I just I love when God reveals his plan, because when he reveals his plan, it's like, wow, there's nothing that's going to stop this. And that should be great confidence for us. When we read God's plan in the Bible, when we read God's plan for us in the Bible, the hope that we're supposed to have in Christ. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I'm going to come back for you. You're going to be with me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to eradicate sin. You're not going to deal with anything like that in the future. But right now, you have work to do. And right now, you will struggle. But guess what? I am with you. You see, we don't think about that enough. We just think about the struggle. We think about the worry. We think about the issues that we have. And we forget what God's word says about God. And we continually need to go back to that to remember. You see, even after everything Moses experienced with God, it was the word of God that realigned his faith. 
It was the word of God that realigned his faith and gave him confidence to carry out God's call. Verse 6 tells us that Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. I believe there is a vital lesson there for us. And that lesson is how important the word of God is in our lives and how much we need it. Psalm 19 verses 7 through 9 say this. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. We need his word and we need to go back to it continually to remind us of who God is so that we do not struggle with doubt and so that we do not struggle with worry. You see, the word of the Lord brought faith to Moses and it does the same for us. When you and I, when we are doubtful, we must go to his word for reassurance. When we are worrisome, we must go to his word for strength. His word is the well that never, never runs dry. Let me ask you a question here. How satisfied are you with the time and effort you put into reading and studying God's word? Last week, I talked about your prayer life and asked you that question. I said, how satisfied are you with your prayer life? And, and I think it's safe to admit we all wish we could be in a different place in our prayer life when it comes to faith, when it comes to consistency, when it comes to everything. That as soon as something happens, we're not, we're not automatically just being negative, but rather we're, we're going to the Lord in prayer. Now, this question is, how satisfied with the time and effort that you put into reading and, reading and studying God's word? I would say that the answer is the same here. We can do a better job of that. VBS comes around every single year. One of my favorite parts of VBS might sound strange to you, but are the pledges. I love the pledges. And for some reason, I love the pledges, to, especially to the Bible. I love to hear the kids recite that. And it also it is a reminder for me uh, to go back to the word of God. It says, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, and will take it as a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, and hide its words in my heart that I may not sin against God. That is just good. That is so good. That is so good. And, and to hear the kids say that all in unison, I'm like, wow, that is awesome. That is good stuff there. But let me ask you this. Is the Bible... You use it as a lamp unto your feet. Do you truly do that? Do you see it as a light unto your path? Because that's exactly what it is. It's there to guide us, to show us. People look for signs and wonders, and my question is, why? You have the word of God. The word of God does not fail you. As you're reading the word of God, the spirit of God is speaking to you. 
It's encouraging you. It's, it's, it's helping you. It's knowing, helping you know who God is. And once you understand who God is, then you know he will not fail you. You know that he is incapable of failure. That he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is completely holy. It's, it's amazing. We, we need to make sure that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and is a light unto our path. Years ago, one of my favorite memories, memories about youth ministry, this was probably 2005 or 2006, uh, Alicia and I were over the youth ministry here and we, we were able to go to camp three or four times. And uh, one of the times we went to camp, uh, it was in Alto Frio, and we went, and at night, it was very late at night, after everything ended, we broke out into sessions, and we had our group of youth, and we took them over there. We went by the riverbank, and uh, this was really late at night, and if anyone's ever been to Alto Frio, the encampment there, you know that by the river, there is no light, right? No light at all, and it's a big difference. You know, you leave Victoria, and, and then you go over here, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and I mean, you can see so many stars in the sky because there's no light around. Now, that's the good side about it. But the bad side is when you're in no light at all, you have no idea where you're going. So it was my my bright idea to say, I want the kids to to look up in the sky and just praise God for for his power in creating the world, because it was awesome. Once we got down to the river, you could see these stars everywhere. And I wanted the kids to see that. And I wanted to share a Bible study with them. Uh, in the middle of that and so I say okay let's all go let's all go down to down to the river to the bank and we're going to sit there and and we're going to celebrate God's goodness there well I didn't have a flashlight nobody else had a flashlight and 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 then they did have cell phones but no one could have a cell phone on them so here we go we're trying to make our way down the river and you actually have to go down the river Right. You have to go down until you get to the embankment. And and I'm at the front. And then we have, you know, then we're, we're making this long line. And at first you can see you can see where you're going. But all of a sudden, once you get away from the lights of the encampment, you can't see a thing. And I remember walking down the river. I'm the one I'm the one at the very front and we're all holding hands. And it's very difficult to get down there. I'm, I'm stretching my my foot out and I'm thinking, Please don't step on a snake. Please don't step into, don't lead all these kids into the bank, of, into the water. You know, I'm thinking all these different things. Don't step on something that's going to make you trip and fall, and then you're going to bring everybody down with you. I began to think this, is, well, this wasn't a good idea, but, but as we made our way down, we, we, finally, we finally got down there, and, and we, we sat around in a circle, and uh, the, the moonlight, it was so awesome because the moonlight actually gave us light, uh, to be able for me to be able to even read my Bible and, and, and for us to praise the Lord down there. But I think about that story now and I think how there was no light to my path. There was I could not see where I was going. I was worried about so many different things. And in life, we do that all the time. We try to walk without the word of God. We try to walk without our Bibles and we end up very worried about what's going to happen. We don't need to do that. If I had a light that day, I would not be worried about those things that I mentioned to you. I could see exactly where I was going. You see, the word of God gives us that insight. It gives us that knowledge 
We know where we are going whenever we are connected to the word of God. We have to remember that the Lord, that he makes his presence known to us through his word. Now, today's passage ends with a very interesting fact, and I want to point back to it in verse 7. Seems out of place, but it mentions that Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron was 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. First thing I saw, uh, first thing I thought is, why, why mention that? I mentioned that and and it's very important because this is a a a teaching a moment for us what the bible is saying here is that basically Moses is past his prime in fact he's way past his prime this is when life begins to really slow down it should be really slowing down for both of these guys and yet this is when they're starting it's letting us know that This didn't happen because of anything Moses was capable of. God was going to free the Israelites in spite of who Moses was in every way, including his age. Here it is, God's using Moses at 80 years old, and he's going to be this force to speak to Pharaoh and say, God said, let my people go. Now, we could imagine that if Moses was a strapping 41-year-old, I say that because I'm 41, but if, if Moses was, was, okay, let's a 30-year-old, right? And he's a strapping 30-year-old, and he walks, up to Moses, he walks up to Pharaoh, and he's this cut guy. He's very strong. He looks very intimidating. He goes up to him and says, God says, let my people go. That may be like, oh, wow, I got to take this guy serious. He looks pretty fierce. But here comes Moses, he's 80 years old, I'm sure he's walking well, but still in that fact, here he comes, 80 years old, and he's telling Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. The focus is not Moses, it's never been, it is God. It is God, and and, and I want you to know too, no matter what your age is, no matter where you're at in your life, God can do what he wants to do with you. He can do what he wants to do through you. So this is an important lesson for us. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how how long we've been a Christian. We all need the word of God. We need it daily. We need to be immersed in it. We need to study it. We need it to go back to to remind us who God truly is. So again, instead of us focusing on signs and wonders, let's focus on the power that can be harnessed through a continual reading of his word. And as we do that, let's remember these things here. You've heard them, and I, and I talked about these things two weeks ago, but I want to bring them back in so that as we read God's word, we need to remember these things. First of all, that God is holy. He does not make mistakes. Even when things are bad in our lives, he is holy. As we read his word, we need to remember that. And as we read his word, we need to remember that he is omnipotent. That means he has decreed all things and he controls all things. And as we read his word, we need to remember that God is omniscient. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows exactly when to do it. And then fourth, God is faithful. As we read his word, 
Let us remember that he is faithful, and that includes even when we are not. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Father, and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that in your word, you remind us of who you are. In your word, we have encouragement. We have strength. We thank you that you that you tell us your holy standard in your word and that you convict us in your word when we fail against that standard.